Hello, you are listening to the C to Z of Movies. My name is Colin on the C. Joining me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Oh, Colin. Nah, yesterday is like the most wonderful day of my life, man. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. I finally got my hair cut. Okay. So that's right. I was, I was expecting more, if I'm honest. I thought it was going to be like, I don't know, you, you. I'm trying to think what would be a great day for you. Um, you, right, you save someone's life. You save someone's moon. life. You met Lin Manuel Miranda. You flew. Oh, lovely Manuel Miranda. You flew to the moon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd be surprised. No, no. I'd be surprised if you'd be back today after that. It's just. I paid 35 quid for a haircut, Colin. That's what I did yesterday. Paid what? The most thing ever. 35 quid. That is like five months worth of savings for haircuts. Is this I don't being care. cut with golden scissors. <laughs> You've not been to London, but hairdressers. I haven't been to London. That's true. No, I, um, I I wish I had a haircut. My my hair is horrifically long, um, in places and uh, horrifically short in the places where um, nature has sadly been unkind to me. But uh, I want to go. I want to go to BS Ten Barbers just to mention them if they want to sponsor us. We're very happy to take their sponsorship. Uh, I don't think my barber listens to this podcast, but. Um, <laughs> do you use that as small chat though oh by the way I, I do, do a podcast, podcast I should should know I, no I, I, was, I, was, I have the same conversation always with my brothers and it's always um, about the football football, and one of them likes football and the other one doesn't and um, then he talks about gaming which I don't understand and sometimes we talk wow. about Brexit invigorating maybe I should talk more about films um, speaking of talking about films today we're talking about 2010 in film Looking back uh, 10 years, as we often do, um, we've also talked about the films of Matthew Broderick. We've got a quiz on the Police Academy films. Yeah, that's probably not one of my best ideas, <laughs> to be frank. Yeah, let's see how that goes. And, of course, much, much more. Um, and, as ever, come rain or shine or coronavirus, we talk news, movie news. What movie news has been happening, Zijan? Are you saying this because you're trying to play along? Because I don't have a lot of movie news. Well, I've got a fair amount. Yeah. Really? Yeah, oh. yeah. Well, just to say that, we, even though like cinemas are allowed to open in the UK, that's this is my first bit of news. So everything's supposed to be open in the UK yesterday. Yes. Cinemas are allowed as, as well. As we record but, last Saturday, as you listen. Exactly, but not all cinemas are doing so. I think I was very excited for cinema to come on, but um, they've just emailed me saying that they're only on opening on the thirty first of July. And I think a lot of cinemas are doing that as well, just uh, making sure that everything is um, virus free. Um, virus free by the end of July. That's what we're saying, is it? Wow. You heard, you heard it here first, folks. Zijan guarantees. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, we are good at doing this, though. We've, 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 we've been like breaking a lot of news before. Yeah, we're that's true. Well. That's true. The end of COVID. Hey, um, from us first. Anyway, um, yeah, so face masks will not be mandatory. So for really? those who are worried about... Yeah. That's mad. I read it recently. And then no pick and mix are available. So okay. if you, you know, if you want your sour cherries and... Yeah, you're going to be disappointed. When, when, but when was the last, be there on site. When was the last time you had pick and mix at a cinema? Do you do that? Quite regularly, to be fair. All right, okay. I'm not a big fan of uh, popcorn. I never get food at the cinema. It's just so expensive. I know, I know. But sometimes I feel like, you know, I should just help out with the margins. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. Um, customers should be seated one meter away from other bubbles, nice. uh, basically. Yes. And then, well, recent news as well, Mulan and Tenet have both been pushed back. So, so, yes, although if they haven't been pushed back, there'd be no cinemas open to show them, so it'd be a slightly here. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's coming out on the 14th of July. You can't watch Where? it. But it's, <laughs> no. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure they'll keep pushing them back, to be honest. But, um, I'm, I'm still not sure about this. I, 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 I'm surprised. I didn't know that about the masks. I'm surprised they're not mandatory. I, I will be wearing a mask, I think, to the cinema when I go. Well, I hope you do something about your glasses then, Colin. Yeah, I know, I know. But, uh, do you reckon this is just so they can sell popcorn? This feels like the because you can't eat popcorn through a mask. No, well, yeah, not yeah. No one's tried yet. No, <laughs> that's a C to Z challenge to any of you <laughs> listeners out there. If you want to <laughs> see if it's possible to eat popcorn through a mask, um, I don't know. I'm not a scientist, uh, Zijan, as you know, but I I think if a um, virus can get, uh, or sorry, if popcorn can get through a mask, then a virus can probably get through a mask. That's why. Yeah, I think it's widely accepted that the coronavirus is, is a smaller entity than a piece of popcorn. Uh, that's that's the controversial CDZ view. Um, Michael Keaton of uh, Batman and Birdman fame, um, and Vulture, of course, he's potentially he's in talks uh, to be back as Batman. He's Batman. Ooh. So there's a um, <laughs> off the top of my head that was it. Off the top of my head that was ad libbed. Um, Clearly. <laughs> 
uh, yes, yeah, so in talks to to return to for the Flash movie, um, but with the idea potentially, well, he's been saying they might be the, the the kind of the DC's Nick Fury, which I'm sure they've tried before, but to kind of do cameos in lots of different uh, DC movies, the, which I think is fascinating. I think it's is if they can pull it off, we'll get a lot of people back into this um, into this universe. Um, the oh, definitely. Um, and if he's prepared to do it, which was I, I know he didn't seem to be too enamoured of it back in the nineties. I guess a lot of water under the bridge since then. So if um, if he want, if he's happy to do that, I'm sure they pay him a lot of money. Yeah. So bear in mind that because the Flash movie is going to be about Flashpoint, yes. which is uh, talking about different timelines. So for those who are wondering, Ben Affleck is the Batman in Justice League, yeah. but I imagine in Flashpoint. Um, the Flash, uh, Ezra Miller, will be joining to different timelines where Michael Keaton's Batman may make an appearance. I think that's almost certainly right. That's going to happen. So whether so, Ben Affleck seems to be completely out. Whether they'll mm-hmm. persuade him to film five minutes of the Flash movie to 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 leave, I I doubt they will. Actually, I don't think he'll be up for that. But you never know. I mean, he's he's coming back to do some voice, like some ADR for um, Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I guess he's not entirely entirely out. Mm. But yeah, so Flashpoint, where, where all the timelines get mixed up and changed, is quite a good excuse for, or a good way for DCEU to, to jettison the stuff that's not working and to keep the stuff that is and to bring in some, some new stuff. How it plays with the Robert Pattinson Batman, I have no idea. Um, but there's an earlier version of Batman as well, though, so it could be like his own timeline. I mean, we you 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 know the DC universe quite well, especially the TV universe. They do timelines quite well there. They've done some great. I mean, they've done Flashpoint. They've done a great um, Crisis on Infinite Earths storyline, which again, yeah. for for those who don't know, is is well a similar concept of, of lots of um, multiverse and, and people from different worlds. And and they did it really nicely in that they um, they brought in well they had the the nineteen eighty nine Tim Burton Batman. They uh, had the old Flash TV series. They brought in um, several TV series that barely watched I think so they had um, what, the Birds of Prey TV series that lasted one series or something from the 90s and um, I thought, and indeed they had Ezra Miller from the, the DCU so they've done a great job with that so I think, I think this is quite a fun idea um, my guess is that I mean if Michael Keaton's doing it it's going to be the same Batman that he was in the in the Tim Burton ones so I don't think I don't think they're going to say he's the older version of Robert Pattinson but there's no reason why they can't both be well they have as many Batman as they like I suppose in the multiverse well, I hope they spend more time developing um, Ezra Miller's The Flash, though. Yes, yes. Because yeah. he really wasn't much... He, he really wasn't fleshed out. Fleshed out, did you <laughs> yeah. say? Yep. Nice, in the nice. Justice League film. So, um, he, he was just like a wisecracking... Yeah, um, I liked him in that, but, I, but you say there wasn't a lot of depth, but um, I, thought, no. I thought he was fun. I'm sure they'd have to... I mean, The Flash, who knows if The Flash movie's ever going to happen, but that's the, that's the idea for this one. It does feel a bit like they're doing Spider Verse before um, before Spider Verse managed to do it. I guess Bat Verse instead. This idea of bringing in lots of different um, people from different movies. Well, I said lots of just Michael Keaton. I don't know. <laughs> I want the Spider Verse uh, movie. It is coming out, right? Uh, there's, a, there's a multiverse movie coming out. The second one. I mean, I mean, I want a live action Spider Verse. I want Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and Tom Holland. Just because you shouted out many times, Colin, doesn't mean you'll come true. I know. That's not how it works. I know. But I'm going gonna, gonna to keep saying it so that when it does happen, we can claim the credit. <laughs> this is how we work here in the Cedars album. Yeah, we, you should, yeah, we I just, just name possible films until the, until eventually one of them happens. <laughs> you know, we predicted this 50 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Shrek uh, 7. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not surprised with that. Um, Margot Robbie is to headline the new Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she'll be teaming up with her Birds of Prey screenwriter, Christina Hodgson. I'm not sure whether it's a good idea because it's not like the Birds of Prey was. Um, it was rubbish. An excellent <laughs> written film in any well, shape or form. Um, I, I know, like, Margot Robbie tends to play outlandish characters. Well, I say that, right? But she only plays Harley Quinn. And I think I'm worried that she will mimic her. Pirates Caribbean, oh, Pirates of the Caribbean character to be quite similar to that, you know. I hope not. I don't know. I, I, I have every confidence she could do something different with it. Um, I say I love to know Tonya Simon. If my brother, if he's still listening, um, gets very cross when we say Margot Robbie without calling her Neighbours star Margot Robbie, because <laughs> uh, he's a big fan of Neighbours and that's where she began. So uh, just for you, Simon, for as a one-off, um, Neighbours star Margot Robbie. There you go. We can say that about pretty much so many Australian actors, though. 
Well, you say that. Not, there's not a huge number that have uh, gone on, f- gone from neighbours to fame. Um, she's one of the. In fact, we were discussing this with Simon this weekend, but um, she's one one of the very few neighbours actors to be Oscar nominated. Russell Crowe, of course, has got an Oscar. But I think he was in like three episodes of Neighbours. So weirdly, this this pirates film is not. It's oh, sorry. It's it's separate to the other pirates spin-off that may or may not star Karen Gillan. So apparently they're doing two separate parts of the Caribbean spin-offs or reboots. Why? I have no idea. I find this so strange because Pirates Caribbean people loved the first Pirates Caribbean because of Johnny Depp. I think there was no other reason really. Yep. And they and similarly the second to a lesser extent the third and then the fourth and fifth no one really liked at all. They've done five, right? I've done five. I don't think the Pirates of the Caribbean name in and of itself is strong enough to get people into the cinemas. I mean, Margot Robbie's a fantastic actress. Karen Gillan's a fantastic actress. So I think I think they will get some people in. But this doesn't feel like it's strong enough to launch two franchises off the back of. No, I agree with you on that. And I think, like, if uh, I find out that the movies that they have are in uh, have, like, middling reviews, for yeah. example, I probably won't go. Because why? Unless <laughs> unless we run out of our ideas for our podcast. Then. Yes, we've got to go. Yes, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I... I I can see why they don't want Johnny Depp back again. I know some fans are kind of like, "Oh, it's nothing without him," but I, he's not—he doesn't have the same following he used to, shall we say? Yep. And, and we've discussed before. I don't think Karen Gillan's actually got. A, I think she's fantastic, but I don't think she's got a huge following necessarily. But um, yeah, let's, let's see how it's good. Margot Robbie um, is is great, so I, I'm sure if anyone can make it work, good luck to her. Margot Robbie can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, J.K. Simmons has confirmed that he has filmed another appearance as J. Jonah Jameson and has another one, at least one more, uh, lined up to shoot. That's not surprising. It's not surprising. I think we knew it was going to happen, but he's, he's now confirmed it. Uh, it'd be interesting to see whether he's actually... Because, as we all know, um, his cameo in Spider-Man Far From Home was just him in front of a green screen and with no other actors, which had, partly because it had to be kept so secret. It'd be interesting to see how much interaction he's having with others in this or whether it's the same kind of idea. But... Uh, I look forward to seeing more of him on the way, Zijan, on the way to that Spider-Verse movie that I'm uh, I'm after. Jeez. <laughs> Just because you say multiple times in one podcast <laughs> doesn't make it any more likely than anything. You reckon? Uh, oh, well. Well, well, we'll discuss this in 50 years. Time. <laughs> <laughs> Citizen Kane 2. Um, carry on. Chicken Run 2, though. Chicken Run 2. That's, that's, the, uh, that's the, very much the Citizen Kane of the... Uh, the chicken, the chicken uh, film franchise. <laughs> I love Chicken Run. though. I love the first Chicken Run. It's uh, Ardman, um, so basically uh, stop motion, which is one of the few, uh, one of the animation uh, formats that I really love because it's a lot of work. It hmm. really is a lot. You of love work to be able to. You love all animation formats, Asian. I do, to be fair. <laughs> but uh, but uh, Ardman animations have a special place in my heart. To to be able to do that, it's a lot, lot, lot of work. It is a lot um, of work. Chicken, yeah. The original Chicken Run, for those who don't know, is a bunch of chickens who are escaping their farm where they were meant to be turned into pies. Mm. Um, that was in the first one. Mel Gibson was in it. Um, I'm not too sure who the other voice actors were. In, no idea. Uh, no. <laughs> in Chicken Run. Uh, I love the film. Uh, it was really good. Um, although it's a long time ago, so I'm not sure what they can do with Chicken Run 2. Is Mel Gibson going to be in it? I don't know. He hasn't been in anything for a while. Um, what he yeah What's what, what he ha- he's not been anything I don't watch I think he's done some action stuff that, um, I saw trailers for but, uh, yeah hmm. uh, okay yeah I, I think I've seen Chicken Run <laughs> <laughs> it's out every Christmas I think yeah uh, I'm pretty sure BBC has it on like his on the staple Christmas films but it's, it's but coming to Netflix I mean that, I find that very interesting because I mean, Netflix quite often swoops in and gets stuff when other studios have turned it down or they do their own original but have they done a have they done their kind of their own a, a sequel straight from nothing? I don't know. Maybe they have. Hmm. Um, oh, this is not interesting. Uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor is back for Doctor Strange two as Baron Mordo. Mordo. Um, so those whose memories stretch back to the first Doctor Strange movie, he was kind of being set up as the villain for the next one, and so it will prove. Which is obvious now. I come to think about it, but he's well, he's confirmed it. So that's there you go. In a way, I think I guess that's good though, because um, 
I, I didn't know he was interested in coming back to a Marvel film, really. Yeah, I mean, he um, had very little to do in that one, didn't he? And, he, and he's quite a big name. Um, but I, so, I, so it makes me think he's probably got fairly major parts in it. Because there's a lot going on in that movie, isn't there? Yeah, because Mary um, Cumberbatch is there, Elizabeth Olsen is going to be yeah. there as well. Yeah. Scarlet Witch. Um, yeah, Multiverses. Rachel McAdams is not coming back. Um, okay. Sadly. Uh, but you know what it's introducing into the uh, into the Marvel world, CJ? What? A multiverse. <laughs> you know what that could mean? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to make me work hard for this edit, man. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, well, good, fine. <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't need to fill in the gaps. Gaps. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Everyone knows. No. <laughs> um, continue on with the whole Netflix um, buying up films again. Aaron Sorkin's film, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, is now going to be on Netflix. Yeah, I'm quite excited. Well, I was already excited about that. I'm even more excited that I won't have to pay for it. Netflix uh, have reportedly paid fifty-six million dollars for this film. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I know. We've we always had a discussion of how Netflix is making how, this yeah, money. How does that, yeah, I don't... It's the, kind of, it's, it's the kind of thing that I think... It's not going to bring many people to Netflix, but I guess it might keep some people on Netflix just knowing these, this kind of caliber of film is coming out. Because that's a big... It's a big film. That's a, people are, it's a lot of people money. Are I can't remember who's in it, but... Um, um, Sasha Baron Cohen, Eddie Rateman, uh, Mark Rylands, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. That's a good cast. The few, yeah. So, yeah. I don't think well, any of them. Netflix. Don't think any of them have worked with Aaron Sorkin before. He, he, he likes to reuse actors quite a lot, but I don't remember any of them being in anything he's done. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. excited about that because it's it's finished filming, hasn't it? So it's just it's already. Yeah, it's a finished film. It's just waiting to be. Um, yeah. Add. Uh, did you ever see Twister? I vaguely remember it. Yeah, I've never seen it, but it's it's um hurricane. Was it hurricane? Tornado, I don't know. They're, they're, they're kind of storm chases and they're just natural disaster type film. Um, mm. Helen Hunt and Bill, I want to say Pullman, but it could be Paxton. Um, uh, we're getting a remake from Joseph uh, Kaczynski, who you might know as the director of Oblivion. Um, he's he's remaking Twister, which feels oh. like a strange decision, if I'm honest. If, I'm not sure people are crying out. They're the kind of a natural disaster movie. Um, has not been huge of late, has it? I mean, obviously, we had things like 2012, that was a long time ago now. It was, um, yeah. People seem to like them, though. Yeah, yeah maybe we'll get an audience, I don't know. Um, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Like, the, the original films, was, I, I never knew the original film was that popular to begin with. And Oblivion, that was the Tom Cruise film that was pretty bad, right? Um, it, it, it looked absolutely beautiful. The storyline was a bit weak. I think it wasn't terrible, but it, it wasn't fantastic. It did pretty well, I seem to remember, at the box office. Um, yeah, so I, it's one of those things. I don't think anyone's crying out for a Twister remake. I know people, movie studios these days, are very keen on uh, existing intellectual properties, but a bit like Pirates, I suppose. It doesn't feel like it's one that by itself will bring people into the cinemas. No, definitely not. Um, I do not have much news left, Colin. So I would let. I don't have any through. left at all. Oh really? Huh. I thought you said there were. Well, you, <laughs> there st- were loads you, you of stole news. quite a lot of mine. Ah. <laughs> uh, and we're done. Cool. It's easy. Um, we move on then to our next segment to see or not to Z, where we talk about films that we've seen and tell you the list and whether you should see them or not to Z them. Zijan, have you been watching films? I have been watching films. Um, that's why I've been spending my time out most of the time. Totally good. Most of my time nowadays, anyway, yeah. I watch um, Sisters on Netflix. Oh, yeah. That's the Amy Poehler Tina Fey vehicle. Uh, they play uh, Sisters. Uh, one is a sensible one, and one is more of an. Uh, I hate you can see where this which uh, one's which f- uh, film is going Amy Poehler is playing the sensible one okay um, and then they're tasked to go back to their old house and clean up their rooms and all that because their parents are going to sell it uh, and they decide to throw a last minute party just to relieve the old days and hilarity ensues hilarity ensues well it's a Tina Fey Amy Poehler comedy um, film. I, I'm a big fan of them in general. Yeah. I, I think they're a great host of the Golden Globes. One probably one of my favorites as well. Maya Rudolph is in it as well. Um, of course, because the trio yeah. Yeah. seems to be in a lot of films together. Anyway, um, I think 
So first of all, the film is very predictable, as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What what's going to be, what's going to happen? You can. I'm pretty sure you know what's going to happen anyway. Um, I think my main issue with this uh, film is that um, the conflict and the resolution happen very quickly. Okay. So like, everything was quite bland, and you know something is building up because you 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 can predict what's going to happen with this film, but it just the conflict just happened, and then within the next five minutes, it just resolved itself, and it was just. Very flat. It just felt very flat. Okay. Film. So, yeah. not not their best work. Even though I'm big fans of mm. their uh, origin. Well, I'm a big fan of Pox and Rack anyway. Yeah. Um, my yeah. Amy Poehler's on. So, um, I think they have another film together. I think is it Big Mama or something like that. I can't remember where it is. I mean, check it out. Because apparently Netflix is stalking what I've been watching and recommending it to me. All right. So that doesn't <laughs> ring a bell, but um, I'm happy to believe it. Yeah, that's it. Cool. So shall I see it? Eh, yeah, probably when you have some ironing to do or something. Right, okay. <laughs> um, I've also been watching a Netflix film, um, the uh, Eurovision Song Contest colon The Story of Fire Saga. Ah, the one where Americans play Iceland. Europeans. Well, in fact, um, an American and a Canadian play two uh, Iceland Icelanders Iceland people from Iceland. Um, it's Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. Um, they compete for on behalf of Iceland in the Eurovision Song Contest. Um, and it is terrible. Um, <laughs> it's I, I, it's got actually fairly middling reviews, but I thought it was utterly awful. Um, Will, F- I'm not a big Will Ferrell fan anyway, so I'm not sure what I was expecting. Uh, but he he does his, his usual thing. But Rachel McAdams, who I read an interview with her a while ago, where she said that basically she said I'm not funny. Um, I, I said to the director, "Don't put me in a comedy because I'm not funny." But in Game Night, I think she's hilarious. Um, mm-hmm. And in this, she is. Utterly, utterly awful. Um, just not funny. Oh, in the wow. Um, I mean, both of them are relying on kind of, um, isn't it funny? Aren't Icelandic accents funny? Which which I don't find particularly funny. Um, also, weirdly, they're supposed to be about the same age, which is... Uh, that is not probable. A step. Um, I, mean, I looked at them myself, and they're about 10 years different, but they look, they look quite a lot more than that. I think Rachel McAdams has aged a bit better than them. Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Anyway, they compete in Eurovision. They they come to uh, Scotland to do it. Uh, it's allegedly, in fact, it, it is uh, based in Edinburgh, and some of the shots of Edinburgh um, are accurate, and some of them seem to put a massive stately home bang in the middle of um, the hill. <laughs> if, if you go to Edinburgh a fair bit, which I do, uh, you will not be impressed by the uh, by the Joffrey there. But no, just um, just really unfunny and uh, bad. Uh, although I quite enjoyed. Pierce Brosnan in it I thought he was alright and the songs uh, actually Volcano Man is one of the songs which is pretty good so just check out the songs on YouTube and you'll have <laughs> much better it's also way way too long I mean I can't, I can't be like that it needs to be a fairly brisk maybe an hour and 45 how, or something how like long that. is it? I I'm trying to remember exactly it feels longer than it is I think but it's maybe 2 hours 15 or something like that yeah. I thought I thought I hear that Dan Stevens is pretty good in it as well nope <laughs> nope okay <laughs> I mean he's in it yeah, <laughs> he plays kind of a flamboyant. I don't know where he's supposed to be from, somewhere in Europe, and it is also bad. Uh, and this, this is a lot. I guess a lot of this is a matter of opinion because I do know people who enjoy this, but I hated it. Um, and you know what else I saw, Zijan? I saw Hamilton um, on ha! Disney Plus. Uh, yes. Um, and and it was fine. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I don't know why everyone loves Hamilton so much. To be honest, I, I'm fairly glad I did not pay to see it. Um, <laughs> How does it feel watching a theatre show on TV, though? Uh, does it have the same kind? Of well, I don't think it, I don't think it does. I think you you lose a lot without having the immediacy of the performance. Um, although yeah. it's better film. I've seen some plays, um, or started watching some plays on, on that are filmed, uh, and comedy plays really do not work on film. I think because you get the camera for a close-up and they're playing the comedy for a whole like theatre so they're playing it really really big yeah. um, and up close that just looks terrible like really hammy and this doesn't have the same issue because it's not a comedy I mean there's a few, few jokes but it's not a comedy um, but no I mean I'm not really into hip-hop so I didn't really like it yeah fair enough I, I like- yeah it's surprising though like you're not the only one who's told me that hmm. I, I love Hamilton and I'm not a big fan of hip-hop myself yeah. but when I saw it in the theatres I was 
blown away. Like he's he's very good at lyrics and making yeah, things rhyme yeah, when they're not supposed to rhyme. Uh, it was good. I mean, it had some great moments. I think maybe because everyone has rhapsodized about Hamilton for yeah five years or something. Uh, I like the King George um, songs. Everyone that, loves the King George piece. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, overall, so I, I I enjoyed it. I'm I'm glad I watched it, but I'm also glad I didn't spend what how much you need to spend to see it on the Western. Yeah, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. Um, but if you uh, the listener want to check it out, it's on Disney Plus. Uh, Finally, something good on Disney. Plus. Well, because speaking of um, speaking of the trial of Chicago Seven, um, apparently it cost Disney Plus seventy five million dollars to get that. Uh, what? So uh, they must think they're getting people in. And in fairness, Disney Plus has been a little bit of a graveyard recently so I think a, a big name like this coming on I think will get a lot of people subscribing I don't think it'll get enough to pay 75 million dollars necessarily but I think it's um it's what they needed for a bit of a shot in the arm wow uh, Zijan 2010 ten, 2010 10 years ago when we were young men um, I I knew you in 2010 yes we knew each other what, what, Zijan what were you doing in 2010 what was happening what was going on I knew you. You knew me. That was the main event of the year. Um, that's pretty much it, really, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's touching. That's lovely. Um, <laughs> no, you changed companies then in 2010. Uh, or oh, you I, moved. Oh, I did, didn't I? That's right. Yeah. Um, I, well, I didn't move. I got moved. You got moved, yes. To, your force. Uh, from AXA to Friends Providence and then to Friends Life, I think, or just by renaming. Yep. Exactly, and I followed the extra crowd cause. Yeah, yeah. I of well, visa issues. I followed you just a year later, but um, because you missed because me. I missed you. That's right. That's right. Um, I moved house. I moved into a flat with my friend Matt in uh, in 2010. The flat that I would spend four years in later with a friend of the podcast, uh, David Park Froud, who has appeared on this podcast before. So. He has. He has. Um, and I think sometimes listens to us, unlike Matt, who definitely doesn't. <laughs> so if they're if they're wondering, David was the better housemate. That's what I'm, I'm coming out and saying it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if my, well, yeah. Nothing, nothing really exciting happens in 2010 for both of us. We were both doing our actual exams, and yeah. I was, uh, I don't, when did you qualify? Uh, 2012. Mm, I, I qualified in 2011, so we were both uh, coming towards the end, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I don't think we started watching films together then either. Well, no, I mean, looking looking at the list. So, so what we for those listeners who don't know, um, we just talked through some of the the uh, highest grossing films, and then just talked through some um, Oscar nominees and, and winners, and then just a few others. But looking at this list, this was this is around the time I started going to films a lot more. Actually, um, like maybe not as much as as in the few years after this when we started doing it. So, uh, and when I was living with with Dave, when we did it a lot more, but. The, Certainly compared to 2009, which we did last year, there's a lot more that I watched at the time here. Um, so, yeah. so I think it really did ramp up. Uh, not all of them very good, if I'm honest, looking down this list, but we'll get to those. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Susan, it was a huge year for uh, for animated films, it looks like. It was. Well, I think it's always a huge year for animated films in general. They do make a lot of money. They do. But you, So we've got the top 10 highest grossing films of the year. One, two, three, four, five... Five of them are animated films, which yes. is uh, well. Let's go through them. So number ten, How to Train Your Dragon. People love this film, Zijan, and you know who hasn't seen it? You, me. Um, I believe Hiccup is either a dragon or a boy. A boy. A boy, and he's got a dragon called. We we did a quiz on this one. Herbert. Quite, <laughs> did I win that quiz? <laughs> <laughs> Herbert. Okay. Um, okay. And the pl- okay. Well, I'll, I'll carry on going then. Um, uh, Hiccup is friendless. No one likes him. Herbert is small, and uh, and 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 no one likes him either. Um, but together they bond and race in the annual dragon races. Any of that true? Wow. <laughs> you, you you started off well, and then okay. it just went downhill quite quickly. Right. No, how how to train your dragon is, uh, was a surprisingly good film, um, especially for a non-Disney film. DreamWorks, uh, isn't it? Hmm. Yeah, it's DreamWorks. Uh, Paramount? I don't know. They're the same ones, right? Paramount, I DreamWorks. don't think so, but I could be wrong. Yes. Well, I got a distributor as Paramount, but um, yeah, it started a franchise and all the sequels are pretty decent as well. Actually, How to Train a Dragon is probably one of the uh, better series out there, which is neither Pixar nor Disney. Um, so if you want to watch a decent film, it's this one. I almost... And what, what Colin said at the beginning was correct till... 
the dragon race thing but okay. <laughs> oh, good 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 uh, i almost watched it on a plane once and i watched something else instead so that's yeah. my story of me and how to train the dragon um that was 10th ninth plane was another animated film despicable me and you know who hasn't seen that uh, me i've not seen that one either but that nice. one is uh, stars either. steve carell as Gru. Um, uh, a master villain who has a tribe of minions at his beck and call. Yep, and the minions are very popular. And I'm pretty sure in this film he adopted three kids oh. as part of his uh, evil plan. And obviously, at the end, he grew a soft spot for them and decided to raise them in a good way. Spoilers alert! But oh, wow. <laughs> that was in the first Despicable Me film. Uh, I don't know whether I've seen it or not. I may have okay. on a plane somewhere. <laughs> it's it's all about planes, isn't it? Um, yeah. who, who makes Despicable Me? That's not a Disney thing, is it? Universal. Universal. Uh, but we're on to Disney with um, number eight is, is Tangled, a story of Rapunzel. Um, Which you've not seen. I've seen bits of that one. Uh, again, it's, it's this very David uh, Park frowned heavy episode, but when I was uh, visiting him and his, his wife uh, and daughter, um, it was before his son was born, I think, at this point, uh, she was watching it. Um, ah. that's why I kind of saw bits of it at that point uh, so Tango was one of the films from Disney that went back to computer um, generate, uh, generated animation oh yeah so what happened was that uh, before that you have the Princess and the Frog which was more hand-drawn uh, animation and I think the Princess and the Frog didn't get uh, as well rave reviews as ish, um, as they expected and hence they went back into computer animation and I think this was the first uh, one in a, and if not, we've gone back to hand run since then. So all right, that was it. Uh, I hear that it's better than Frozen. Eh, well, I I remember Frozen more than okay. uh, um, Tangled. Any uh, any rate, Mandy Moore is in it. Um, and what's the guy? What's uh, the Zachary guy? Levi. Yeah, Zachary Levi is in it of as well. Chuck um, and Shazam fame. The songs are not as memorable as the ones from Frozen. Okay. I, I, yeah, and that's the thing though. Once you have a catchy song. Yeah. Uh, I've added it to my, my list on my watch list on Disney Plus so maybe I'll get around to watching it at some point well you need to do something with your Disney Plus account I do I'm 34 so. should I be watching Tangled do you think is that you should watch The Empress New Groove Colin I told you that that's on my list as well yeah that is uh, I think and as, as long with, along with all those um, Studio Ghibli films they're still on my list I'll get to them <laughs> Okay, so yeah. Instead of been watching Eurovision for some reason. Oh dear. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, number seven. It's the worst MCU film in my view. It's Iron Man Two. Um, it's the well, we we know this one. It's, it's um, the second Iron Man film. Uh, Sam Rockwell as uh, Justin Hammer, I think, and Mickey Rourke. Michael Rook. Um, Mickey Rourke as yes. Whiplash. Whiplash. Uh, of course, the introduction of Black Widow to the uh, the MCU. I think which was the best bit of the film by some distance yeah yeah um she's great the film didn't work in my view i watched this on a plane actually um this is i can't remember what happened in the film apart from whiplash um going to an f1 race or something yeah there's funny tony stark is racing cars and, and and whiplash comes and breaks the car in two with his lightning whip and <laughs> thingy war machine <laughs> gets recast and they both shoot stuff yeah it's it's fairly unmemorable in terms of plot uh, it's, it's actually good because it, it's a rare misfire for the MCU and they learnt a lot of lessons from it I think they they, they, they stopped making films like that um, so fair play to them um, number six it's the Twilight Saga colon Eclipse which might be the I third one or second right. one I think it's the fourth, fourth one. There were four, were there? All right. No. I think there's fourth one, part one. So there's, I think so. Let me see if I can do this. Um, so there's Twilight, the first one. Um, yes. There's um, Breaking Dawn. Yes, that's the last one, I think. New Moon, I think. New, new Moon, yep. And then Eclipse. Okay, fine. Uh, let me Google this because I can't remember which one this is. Clearly, I've not seen it. I have not seen any of the, any of the Twilight movies. Um, no. I, uh, I, I, as I've discussed many as times as here, I can't really, I don't, I can't be doing with vampire films. Uh, hugely popular at the time. I I'm not sure. Looked back with, uh, with any great affection by the masses. Now I could be wrong. But, uh, it is the third film. Third yeah, film. All right. right. Um, Robert Patterson, uh, as uh, as we mentioned earlier, is going to come on to play Batman. So he's going still going strong ten years later. Um, so is Christian Stewart, Stewart also going strong? Was she? Doing now, she was doing, she was signed up to something fairly big recently, wasn't she? Yeah, I can't remember no, why it was. I know, I can't remember. She was, she was mentioned in our news section as doing something. 
Oh, she's playing Princess Diana. That's what it was. Ah, yes, that's right. I'm looking forward to the Princess Diana Batman crossover movie that's going to come uh, after that. <laughs> um, I've five. It's the fourth Shrek film, I think. Shrek Forever After. Which yep, I got a feeling I might have seen on a plane. To be honest, I think most of these are on the same plane journey um, uh, to California, probably. Or, no. Ah. No, to Seattle. To Seattle. Because um, what I did this year was go to my friend Anthony's wedding, if I remember rightly. Nice. I think that was in Seattle. Yeah, he got married near Seattle. Um, I think that was um, 2010. Oh. I don't think I've seen this film. Um, but I still hold, even though I've not seen this film, I still hold that uh, the first Shrek film is the best Shrek film. Yes, I, th- I think um, definitely diminishing returns in the Shrek world. Um, I, I enjoy the first one a lot and not so much the later ones. They're making another one. Did I dream that? I feel, I feel like they're making another one at some point. Um, <laughs> you just said there's going to be a Shrek set. Like that, 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 may, that may have been just me remembering what I said 10 minutes ago, but. Um, <laughs> now I'll be honest these these have not been um, in my view great I mean in fairness I've not seen a lot of them so who knows but we move on in number four to uh, a fantastic film uh, Inception by uh, Christopher Nolan uh, which everyone knows uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and uh, Ellen Page and Tom Hardy and Ken Watanabe Michael Caine all sorts Jessica uh, Gordon-Levitt I guess um, it's it was actually, I, I think, a, a, quite a landmark film in that um, a film to do this well at the box office uh, without having any kind of intellectual property beforehand. Like, just a completely new idea. Yeah, um, that's true. And I think Christopher Nolan got a lot of um, the good reviews from the, his Batman series. Yes. That came yeah. true in this film as well. So he's, he's more or less, he's one of a handful of directors who can open it. So you've got Spielberg, Scorsese... Mate, is that it? I mean, I'd go and see an Edgar Wright film, but I'm not sure the rest of the world would in the same numbers. But I think th- th- he's crossed over to the, the cinema going public. They'll, they'll go and watch a Christopher Nolan, like Tenet, coming out some point maybe this year. Um, mm. People will watch that because it's Christopher Nolan rather than anything else. And this is what did it really. I, I actually say Dark, Dark Knight trilogy was what really made him big, but this was. Um, up there as well. Yeah. I love Inception. Such obviously. a great film. Such a great film. Uh, it's such a great ending. Yeah, very, very. I mean, it's a very clever film. I think t- t- I've not loved what Chris Nolan has done since. Since I, I didn't much like Interstellar or Dunkirk, uh, to be honest. And, but this felt like the kind of clever mix where it genuinely was clever. Uh, it, it, it genuinely was well thought through. Whereas to me, Interstellar felt like it was just masquerading as being clever. Mm-hmm. I agree with you totally on that. Um, we've discussed Interstellar to death anyway. On uh, we have. Um, I did see someone saying that Chris Nolan loves to send people to their dictionaries with Incep- um, Memento, Inception, uh, Interstellar, Tenet. <laughs> it's all one word that you have to go and look up. Uh, Dunkirk, not so much. Um, number three, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 1, so the sixth I thought Harry Potter film. Alice in Wonderland on my list. Well, I've got a number two. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe we are watching different. Oh, you're you're all we're all the same until this bit. Maybe it's so uh, mine is from Wikipedia anyway. So yeah, so, it so it's mine. Maybe it's domestic versus international. So. I don't know. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, so Harry Potter uh, sixth one is the one where they're in a tent, um, in a forest. And this is not a sixth one. This is the seventh one. This is part one of the seventh film. Oh yes, oh, you're right. Seventh one. Yes, uh, but it's still seventh but it is the tent in the forest. Um, it is the tent in the forest, and I think it got a lot of backlash because obviously. This is the slow build up to the final, uh, final fight, which is obviously going to happen in the second book. I think uh, this a lot of this backlash is unwarranted, though. I I quite enjoyed this film, um, because I I know they spend a lot of time camping about, which is what they did in the book as well. Then yes. <laughs> yeah. they, but you know, um, the the good thing about you know taking things a little bit slow, you get to grow their characters a lot more. I do still like the dance scene between Harry and Hermione in the tent, though. It's probably one of my favourites oh, okay. in the whole Harry Potter series, yeah. No, I, I'm with you. I think I, I like the slow build up, I like the characters. I'm I'm not watching a Harry Potter for the, the bangs and whizzes and the, the exciting uh, magic. Or even for the battles. I, I, that's not really what I'm watching it for. I, I'm watching it for the characters and I think this gave it a chance to breathe. I mean, let's let's be honest, it was mostly done for financial reasons, uh, splitting of it. Of course. But uh, of course. unlike, and again, I've not seen a lot of these, but unlike things like uh, Hunger Games or Twilight or, or Divergent, of course, um, where everyone was splitting their last book into two back then. Um, yep. it, I think it earned it. And it was, I agree. I agree. 
so Alice in Wonderland, as you mentioned, um, it's uh, Johnny Depp. It's Mia Vazakowska, or however she pronounces her name. There's Anne Hathaway uh, and Helena oh, Carter. And- of course, because it's a Tim Burton film. Of course, although not so much these days since they got divorced. But um, it was, I guess it was the first Disney live-action remake of a cartoon film, although it wasn't really marketed like that um, no. at the time. But it started off, it was very successful, as you see. And, and a large reason, I think, why they kept doing that. Um, I think Cinderella was probably the next one they did, wasn't it? But um, I didn't love this film. I thought Mia Vazkowska was very good. Uh but I, I have no deep wells of affection for Alice in Wonderland, either the, the book or the or the, uh, the original cartoon film. Uh, I've got nothing uh, against it, but it's not uh, it's not something I love. No, same. Uh, I I thought it was okay. It was it was what it was. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And I didn't see the second one, although it's on Disney Plus, so maybe I will at some point. Uh, I quite liked the concept of they made it very compli- complicated I guess with it it was her returning to Wonderland kind of but a lot of the stuff from the book was still happening to her so it was all she's been there before I mm. guess so that the lead could be what 20 or whatever she is as opposed to being 12 or something but yeah interesting stuff and uh, it looked good it looked great uh, and top of the pile Toy Story 3 Zijan's favourite Toy Story film wonderful film wonderful wonderful film I love this to bits it's still one of my best uh, favourite Pixar films out there. So, there you go. Uh, it's probably in my top three favourite Toy Story films. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow, thanks. Wow. <laughs> um, that's the list. That's the top ten. Like I say, incredibly cartoon heavy, but which, to the extent you don't see these, I mean, as you, you say, it can be a big business, but these days it's if it's not Pixar or Spider-Verse, I guess, um, it's not doing this well. I don't think you, nope. you see anything else. Um, this high up uh, we move on and so we talk some of the uh, the big winners and nominees at the Oscars so, um, uh, the King's Speech of course won Best uh, Picture Best Actor and maybe Best Director I can't remember um, let me look I have it on my oh, right. uh, it was the first time that an actor called Colin has ever won an Oscar um, <laughs> the the great and is that your only claim to fame then me <laughs> Um, it's not the only claim to fame of, of, of the Collins, but it was our finest hour uh, as Colin Firth uh, won, uh, in my view, a well-deserved Oscar for playing King George with a stutter. Yeah, Tom Hooper, uh, um, by the way, Tom won Hooper. it for oh, Best Director. Yeah. So yeah, it did very well. It, um, Helena Bonham Carter I thought was fantastic in it. I can't remember if she won anything. but um, She was nominated for Best Supporting Actress. And she probably won a BAFTA. That's my guess. Uh, I... Uh, yeah, you're right. There you go. <laughs> um, I enjoyed this uh, very much. I thought it was no, I, I did enjoy the King's Speech, even though obviously it's very Oscar pandering kind of film, isn't it? I suppose yeah. In fact, Jeffrey Rush, I think, probably was nominated as well. Uh, yes, it, it it was. I mean, it's a, I guess a tale of a man's triumph against adversity and uh, people. Yeah, it's what Oscars love a film about a real person. They love it so much. Uh, this is only after like a films about Hollywood, really, in terms yes, of popularity yeah, yeah. with Oscars. It's what is strange, though. I think to to look back at those times, Colin Firth uh, in this country was, and I guess elsewhere as well, was was very much Mr. Darcy from the the nineteen ninety five Pride and Prejudice series on BBC, and his his film career took such a a dip after. I mean, there are a few projects he did, but people were saying, "Oh, this is gonna this is gonna wipe Mr. Darcy off the map." Everyone will remember this, uh, and that never really happened. And obviously, Bridget Jones did very well, where he was also playing Mr. Mr. Darcy. But I remember watching um, "What a Girl Wants," an Amanda Bynes comedy film, which, where he was playing her dad, I think, or someone's dad. What? And I think his career dipped to that level that he was taking that kind of role. Uh, and it was really going nowhere until um, a single man Tom Ford film from the year before this, I think, or two, maybe two years before this, mm. where he was Oscar nominated. And people were like, oh, right, okay, come on. And then obviously won for this. And then, um, well, he's, he's not doing this caliber. I don't think he's been nominated again, but he's certainly, uh, he's certainly not playing Amanda Bynes' dad in anything. No, definitely uh, not. Like, you, you wouldn't think that, right? Mm. I mean, after after Prime Prejudice, but wow, I didn't know that either. Yeah, you know, it was, it was just a bit of adversity before he, he came back on top. But he's a very good actor. Oh. He is. Um, 127 hours, got some nominations. Uh, James Franco um, was nominated, I expect. I, I, I can't remember who was nominated for in these things. But, um, uh, and uh, I'm forgetting the name. Sam Mendes. No. Who's the director? Danny, Danny, Danny. 
Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle, thank you. Um, and a young uh, Kate Mira towards the start of her career, I think, or, or start of her. Ah. Um, was, 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 uh, but she only appeared very briefly very anyway, briefly, because yeah. it's mostly about uh, James Franco um, getting stuck. I mean, this is based on a real-life story as well. Again, this is quite an uh, Oscar-pendering kind of film, but... Did you see it? I know, I, I saw yeah. this. I saw this in cinema. Oh, did you? Uh, with Jacob, actually. Yeah. Oof. And the the silence after that... <laughs> That the incident for those who don't know, you can just Google what happened to well, this guy. Well, yeah, I mean, I, th- I don't think it's a secret, is it? He, he cuts his arm off. That's, that's he cuts his arm off, and then there was a part where you hear the bone uh, break, oh, the, and the, then the, si- I, I, the silence yeah. in the cinema was deafening. If there's such a thing, I must have. It was. I've watched it on on Netflix when it was on there a few years ago. Oh no, it was on DVD actually, um, and I was fast forwarding through that bit. I didn't. <laughs> it was. Very hard to go oh. through, but it, it's what happened, though. I mean, like, I don't think I'll be able to do that. No, I mean, it was when he was going life. through the nerves before that. That was what really got me. Yeah. I could, no, I, I would just die. I'd be like, forget this. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, oof. Uh, there's Black Swan, which uh, I didn't make it all the way through. I watched maybe like twenty minutes of that, and it, <laughs> it, it was I just couldn't watch it. It's kind of fairly um, visceral. It is. Yeah. Well, why unpleasant? It's not really that unpleasant. I don't know. It's when you start putting the skin off, I think I start, I could, I start watching. There's, that's only just one bit, yeah. Um, Natalie Portman, very good, and they obviously won her Oscar for that. And again, someone like Colin Firth, whose career, oh, she was very well known for Star Wars and then kind of dropped away a bit. And then this this was something that really brought her back into people's uh, notice. Okay. Put her back on the map again. Uh, yeah, about the ballerina who would do anything to be the main prima donna, I think. The, yeah, like yeah. No, prima ballet. Prima ballet. Like, say, ballet is not an area I, I uh, promise much expertise here. But uh, uh, it was his name. The, I can't remember the name of the director. Um, but he did. Darren Aronofsky. Thank right? you. Yes, because he did Mother, didn't he? Which is very weird. Again, I didn't see. Yes. And uh, a film called Pie, which is not very good. Uh, the Social Network, which uh, was a fantastic film, is also on this list. Uh, so Aaron Sorkin um, script, David Fincher direction, and Jesse Eisenberg, I'm sure, was nominated for it. Uh, Andrew Garfield was one of those bigger early roles. Justin Timblake, in one of his first acting roles. He's pretty good in it as well. He's great in it. Sean, um, Sean from Napster, I can't remember his name, the guy who invented Napster. Do you remember Napster? Yep. Napster was <sighs> huge back then, wasn't it? Yeah, Aaron Sorkin won the screenplay for this in the Oscars. Good man. Uh, and I think this is one of those films that people argue should have won the Oscar for best film. As, um, yeah, as I think it's the King's Speech. I think that's probably. I, I think this is aged better than the King's Speech. Yeah, um, I, I enjoyed it a lot the first time, but I, I've seen it a few times, and, and every time I think it's uh, even better. Um, I, I, I'm not a huge Fincher fan just because he tends to do genres and and and, and kind of stuff, violence and stuff that I'm not a big fan of. Although, I mean, I can see that he's great. I think that Zodiac was great, but um, yeah, this is where he was. A lot less um, unpleasant, I guess, in filmmaking. But it's such a great character portrayal. Such great. I mean, I, I love Aaron Sorkin. Such great dialogue. Um, I really want to watch this again. So I've not seen it for a few years. So I should uh, check it out again. But yeah, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, as played by Jesse Eisenberg, superb role there as well. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen Social Network, check it out. It's very good. It also, what I find strange about those because it's obviously for those who don't know, it's, it's about the founding of Facebook. Um, and there's obviously been a lot about Facebook scandals in in the recent few years, but I don't think they ever talk about advertising in this film, do they? No, I don't think so. It's interesting because that's obviously the whole basis of Facebook's um, finances. That's and you could argue right what, now it? though it was it was free for a long time though it was uh, Edward, they were they did promise a long time ago that they wanted to be Edward free. Did they really? And I oh. think yeah 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 uh, I remember that very clearly back when you know, uh, but I think. I think it was like how how many years ago? I think Facebook was Edward free for quite a while, quite a while longer than I thought they would be. Okay, um, but yeah, it's very much saying he wanted it to be popular or to fit in. Um, let's rattle through some of these because we, we're low on time. But um, the fighter, which uh, Christian Bale won best supporting actor for, and rightly so in my view. Melissa Leo also won best supporting actress yes. for the fighter. Yes, she was very good. Was it a- Amy Adams in this? I don't remember. Yeah, and Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg, um, a bit wooden in my view. Uh, True Grit. And there's a remake um, of the of the film starring John Wayne, but in this case starring uh, Jeff Bridges and a uh, young Haley Steinfeld, who was Oscar nominated for it. 
uh, and uh, the Coen Brothers' only remake to date, although they're doing uh, the script for Scarface. Uh, it's good. It's, it's definitely worth a watch. I'd say it's probably better than the original. Um, so it goes a bit deeper. Uh, Winter's Bone, which brought uh, Jennifer Lawrence to our attention. Mm-hmm. Um, she was also Oscar nominated, I want to say. Uh, she she was nominated for a lot of Oscars when she was young. She was. This, I think this was the first. I think this is. I think she'd done X Men. Um, oh no! No, it was later, wasn't it? You're right. No, of course it was. Uh, this yes. This, I'm not sure she did anything actually. Off note, pause. Um, Blue Valentine, which I saw for the first time the other day, which is um, Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams, and you kind of see two. You see them when they're starting to date. And when they're on the cusp of divorce, and it's very sad. It's very sad. It's not quite as sad as Michelle Williams was in um, Manchester by the Sea, but it's still. Uh, it's kind of this. Michelle Williams had a very yeah, sad films. It's like this beautiful romance, and this. Yeah, and then you see them hating each other, and you just kind of get those two storylines played out side by side. Um, the Town, which I don't know why I put it because I remember almost nothing about it other than... That's a Ben Affleck film. Ben Affleck, Jeremy Renner was nominated. Um, I remember nothing about this film, to be honest. Uh, but it could for them. Uh, the Tempest, with um, uh, Helen Mirren playing Prospera. That's a subtle change on the Prospero character that we all know and love for The Tempest. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want any, I feel like I'm talking a lot. You got any you want to bring up? No, well, like... I I know there were quite a lot of bad films as well that came out. Oh, yeah. and the last Airbender came out then. That's when M Night Shyamalan. Oh, was it ten years ago? I can yeah. yeah, it it was awful. Um, I loved the cartoon, the anime yeah. animation that came from it, and they basically ruined it. I mean, come on, they basically they basically took like thirteen episodes and squ- tried to squish them into one film, yeah. which was almost impossible to do in the first place. And it's M Night Shyamalan when he wasn't doing really well, so. The, the acting was one of the wooden, most wooden acting ever. It's one of those films that I think they should show in film school of what you should do. Right. Because uh, Dev, Dev kind of Patel, bad. wasn't it, before, um, yeah, before Dev he was Patel doing much better it. stuff like Lion? The... I think it's probably the most famous one in this film as well. So mm. Um, mm. There was some uh, remakes. The car ticket was out. Oh, yes. Jackie yeah. Chan and um, Will Smith's son, um, Jaden. Jaden. Yeah. Jaden Smith. Um, which was okay. Um, I enjoyed the first Karate Kid uh, back in the day, so this one was okay. I like Jackie Chan more. Um, I watched it more because of Jackie Chan, but yeah, yeah, it's decent. Uh, there was the A Team remake. Came oh out yeah, then. wow. Mm. Yeah, uh, what's his name? Bradley, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Before Bradley Cooper was doing better things. Yep, uh, A Team was yeah, also again okay. Not that. Yeah. Uh, Robin Hood was then. Ooh. This was the. Russell Crowe, <laughs> yeah. I was say there's some there's some yeah. doozies out there. Yes, that was not a good film. Yeah. Uh, Prince of Persia. Uh, there was a Jake Gyllenhaal one. It was okay, also yeah. not that great. And obviously, casting a white Caucasian actor as <laughs> the Prince of Persia wasn't mm, isn't like the most. Mm, uh, yep. Uh, <laughs> but it wasn't the best thing that Gemma Arterton back when Gemma Arterton was doing things. Um, yeah. Which I'm sure um, she still is. I'm sorry, Gemma. And just some other good films that we've spoken about before. Easy A came out then. Yeah. Scott Pilgrim was yeah. as well came out then. All great films. I think The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo came out then as well. But the foreign, uh, the foreign language one. Oh, right. I was uh, going to say, David Fincher wasn't being quite that busy that year. Um, no. Uh, I'll rattle through a couple more. But, um, so The Four Lions, which is uh, Chris Morris. Um, uh, I've not seen that yet. I still, I need to watch it. It's very funny. I mean, it's, it's not everyone's taste, I think. So it's about... It's about um, it's kind of a it's a satire of uh, four would be jihadists. Um, yeah. So it, it it's I think it's very funny, but yeah, definitely not for everyone. And some bits of it are definitely not for me either. It goes a bit far at times. Um, Nowhere Boy, a film about the young John Lennon, was played by Aaron Taylor and directed by uh, Sam Taylor Johnson as as she became. He's now wife. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then some pretty. Bad one. So, uh, Wall Street: The Money Never Sleeps, which is a Wall Street sequel starring um, uh, uh, Kerry Mulligan and uh, and, uh, and what's his face, uh, Michael, Michael Douglas. Face? He was back. Okay. Uh, Night and Day, not one of Tom Cruise's best work, uh, but things. Um, and a film, actually, a film I did like, which got absolutely critically savage, but I thought was good. Um, it's called Paper Man, or sometimes called Unlikely Hero. Uh, where Jeff Daniels is this failed novelist uh, 
and he becomes friends with a uh, character played by Emma Stone, but he also um, sees uh, this fictional superhero, as, like his, I think this is his imaginary friend when he was a kid or something, um, as played by Ryan Reynolds. Um, I think it's good, but no one else does. <laughs> oh, and Tron Legacy, which is every bit as bad as the original Tron. Uh, uh, don't ask I me. remember watching it <laughs> in the cinema. Yeah, it was bad. Mm. I didn't like Tron. Um, and oh, yeah, Voyage of the Dawn Trader, which was um, which was not a very good um, Narnia sequel. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I was 2010 in a nutshell. There were some great films in 2010, and uh, I mean we've sort of seen some bad ones, but um, I mean Inception, Social Network, King Speech. There was Toy Story Three. Toy Story Three, of course. Sorry, um, there were some great films in 2010. And yep. I say a lot of those I saw at the cinema, uh, unlike in previous years. Um, we move on then to our segment, Act of Fact. So when we talk about the films of a particular actor, and this time it is Matthew Broderick. You said last week that this is going to be quite short for you. I did, although it turns out I have seen maybe 12 of his films, or maybe go. 10. There's two I'm not sure of. And in fact, one that I also gave up on quite quickly. So I, I saw this, I chose Matthew Broderick because I saw... Ferris Bueller's Day Off recently. Nice, yes. Yeah. yeah, I don't get the appeal of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, really? No, I really don't. Controversial. <laughs> I know, I, I mean, it's just about a guy playing truant. I must admit, I liked it more the second time. Like, why? What, what's so special about this show? Like, I really don't understand what's so special about He breaks about the fourth wall. He, uh, he yeah, dances so? to the Beatles. It's all good. Right. It's uh, maybe it's over its time. I, I think he is a bit of a bit of a jerk. Let's be honest. But um, he really is. Yeah, like I, I just don't get the appeal. To be honest, like I enjoyed the Breakfast Club because yeah. I could see yeah. why why people in, you know get from it. But I don't get why people got from this. We, I'm sure, Zizan, you saw my uh, my recent video where well, not recent now, where I um, did scenes from movies reenact. Yeah, that was the reason why I chose to yeah. watch it as well because uh, I've not seen it before so I thought I may as well. So for those people who don't see Jen, um, for a quiz recently I reenacted 10 scenes from movies. One of them was uh, the post credit scene of Ferris Bueller. Um, would you say it was accurate? Yep. Love it. Pretty spot on. Uh, <laughs> it was quite a few takes actually. Um mm. Uh, cool, yeah, so the only film I've seen of his before that uh, was a film called War Games, which um, he is a, is a high school student, obviously, and he is um, manages to break into um, the computer that is setting off nuclear warheads or something. I don't know. The, 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 the big finish of it is he plays noughts and crosses, or as our American friends well. say, tic-tac-toe with the computer. Uh, which is something I knew about, but I didn't know much about the film. I think he thinks he, he's in some game, like a missile launch game, and it turns out it's actually a missile launch real thing, if I remember rightly. But it's, it's about the most 80s film ever made, because it's, it's got, yeah, it's all about the Cold War and computers, and it's got Matthew Broderick and one of the girls from The Breakfast Club. Talia Shire, maybe? Maybe not. That might be someone completely different. Think about it. No, that is some. That's the girl from Rocky. Anyway, one of the girls from um, <laughs> uh, from the Breakfast Club. Uh, um, Breakfast Club fans will be shouting at me now. Sorry. Yeah, they should do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. Um, after that is he voiced uh, Simba in the Lion King. He did. I saw him in. Yeah, Lion King. Everyone knows the film. They should know this film anyway. Probably one of Disney's uh, most popular uh, animated films. I saw it in the uh, cinema. Yeah, it's very really good. I saw it twice in the cinema oh, when they did the, the the release. You know, when they did the re-release of it, I think ten years online or twenty years online um, of Lion King. I saw that again. That's right. Ali good. Sheedy uh, was the girl from that. Ali Sheedy. Yes. Sorry. Um, you can count on me. I don't remember him being. If I'm honest, it's a Matthew. Um, it's a Matthew. Roderick. It's a Mark Ruffalo, Laura Linney film. Um, which is one of. This is a very Dave Dave heavy film uh, podcast rather, but uh, this is one of Dave's favorite films. He loves this film. Um, I didn't. I, I think Mark Ruffalo and Lauren played brother and sister, and uh, I must admit it wasn't. He didn't leave a huge impression on me. Uh, uh, here's the one I gave up on: um, mm. the producers, just him and Nathan Lane. Uh, I absolutely hated it to the extent that I, Why? I just gave up after twenty minutes or half an hour or so. Um, because because they were playing it like it's on a stage, and th- uh, this kind of plays into what I said before about comedy being shown on TV, like, like um, stage comedies being shown on TV. They were playing everything so huge that it, to me, and I, I know not everyone agrees with this, but uh, to me it just didn't work on film. You need to be so much subtler than that. 
on film. Uh, so every line felt like they were shouting it to Rose Ed. Um, I, do you, have you seen this? I enjoyed the producers. Yeah, yeah. I did. Um, I just treated it as well. Yeah, I just treated it as well. It was like a stage musical being transformed on the screen. And I think like um, both Matthew Roderick and Nathan Lane, they reprised their roles because I'm pretty sure they originated the, the roles on Broadway as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. In the producers. But U- Uma Thurman was new, was she? Uma Thurman is definitely new. Yeah, um, yeah uh, they have some funny songs. I mean, this is a Mel Brooks uh, musical after all. So it's bound to be uh, funny. Um, but I did enjoy the producers. Um, so yeah, I, maybe I'll try and watch the original uh, Mel Brooks. I do film, agree that it can be it can be very out there. Just just treat it as like a musical, Colin. Yeah, maybe if I watch it from the other side of my room. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that, you know, and then clap after. Music yeah, that's hour, <laughs> that's the idea. Um, okay, cool. What else you got? I've got uh, Inspector Gadget. Oh yeah, did he play the? Main guy. He played Inspector Gadget. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Uh, and Dr. Claw was played by... Oh, what's his name? The bad guy. Uh, he was in... My Best Friend's Wedding. Uh, Julia Roberts' Best Friend. Um. Oh, yes. Uh, Rupert Evans? Rupert Everett. Rupert Everett, yeah. Rupert Everett, yeah. He was playing Dr. Claw. This was a bad film, right? This is a pretty bad film. I mean, this was when Inspector Gadget was a big thing with kids and then decided to make it obviously I, into yeah, a... Yeah, I used to watch it as a kid. Life action film. Did they Because it's usually his niece or daughter or something, but then they changed yep, it to be his... his niece. Did they change it to be his girlfriend or something? Really? I can't remember. I don't remember but that. it wasn't a great... I mean, like, the thing is, like, Matthew Broderick isn't a leading man per se. He doesn't really... Wow. Uh, you listen to, well, to that, Matthew Broderick? Ferris Bueller <laughs> himself? Zijan says you're not a leading man. Well, I mean, he hasn't been doing leading man things for a while. No, it's fair. Um, yeah. <laughs> I did watch him in Josh Gad's um, reunited part. They did a reunited part for Ferris Bueller. That was fun. Um, I'll rattle through some of these then. Uh, so he was in Tower Heist, which I don't remember him being in. He was in Trainwreck, which Simon likes, and I don't remember him being in it. Um, I think he might have played himself in it. Um, he was in Manchester by the Sea, apparently, which I mentioned earlier. What? Uh, huh. Which, again, I don't remember him being in. Uh, which is a no, very good yeah. film devastatingly sad but uh, very good um, he was in Rules Don't Apply which is one of the worst films I've seen in recent years uh, which is a story you know Howard Hughes the, the director who became a kind yep. of recluse who was the, um, Leonardo DiCaprio played him in The Aviator um, it was supposedly a story about his his chauffeur uh, and he falling in love with this young actress but it, about halfway through it because Warren Beatty was was directing it and playing Howard Hughes, and about halfway through, he decided they wanted to make it a Howard Hughes film instead. Uh, it was awful, and a film called Family Business, which um, which I think is amazing because Matthew Broderick um, plays the son of Dustin Hoffman, who in turn plays the son of Sean Connery, and I think that might be the best three generation set of actors in a film. Um, the film itself is utterly utterly forgettable, um, <laughs> apart from. And I think I've mentioned this before because I find it so weird. Dustin Hoffman's character um, is he's dating a Jewish girl and he's worried that her family won't like him because he's not Jewish. And Dustin Hoffman is maybe the most famously Jewish person in Hollywood. I think who, which, which casting director was like, you know who I've got for the non-Jewish guy? Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> I, I think that was utterly mad. So entertaining for that point of view. There you go. You want any more? Yeah, yeah, just the Stafford Wives with uh, Nicole Kidman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Uh, so, what's your favourite? Yeah. I'm going to say it's. I'm going to say. I'm going to guess it's the Lion King. Is it the Lion King? It is the Lion King. Come on. Um, to be honest, looking at this list, um, it's the Lion it King. might be the Lion King for me as well. I'll go with it. Um, yeah, your first animated film is the top. It probably is. It probably is. <sighs> and my least favourite is is. What's the producers? The producers? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my least favourite is Inspector Gadget. Um, next time we're back to look back in Oscar um, and we what what film are we looking back at Zijan we're looking at Nurse Ratchet we are One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest um, the uh, only the second film as we mentioned before to win best um, uh, sorry best to win Oscars for actor actress director film and screenplay so that mm-hmm. sounds like a good one I've, well, I've seen it before but uh, you haven't so there you go yeah. Um, we move on then to the quiz, and what a year! What a what a year it's shaping up to be in the C to Z quiz season. Where the lead, well, not the lead. The, 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 you win one, I win one. You win one, I win one. It goes back and forth. Like I don't think it's gonna like be my table day, tennis <laughs> table p 
ping pong ball. Um, yes, your suggestion. You've suggested Police Academy. Uh, uh, there are a number of Police Academy films that you have seen none of, seven. I believe. Yeah, I, maybe you've seen the first one. Okay, I've. I don't know why I chose this. I, this is such a good idea. <laughs> I have only seen the first one, uh, and a brief snippet of the TV series, which there was um, apparently one of. Go on then, Zijan. Hit me with your, uh, your police academy questions. Let's go. Someone's going to do very well on this, I hope. Okay. But question one, who played the main character, Carrie Mahoney, in the first four police academy films? Uh, Steve Guttenberg. No, Steve Guttenberg. You're setting it off easy. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Uh, question one for you. How many police academy films does Steve Guttenberg make? Four. Four, there you go. They're all yeah. self-contained, these questions. Um Question two: <laughs> What's the subtitle for Police Academy Two? Because like the thing is, right, I don't know how many you watch, so I assume that you haven't seen many of them. So I come up with the probably the easier ones as well, the guessable yeah, ones. Yeah, their first assignment. Yay! Uh, question two for you: What is the only word other than police or academy that features in two different titles in the franchise? Look, Darth Vader has just come on the line. I'm gonna guess one of the first. Is it first? Oh, it's not. It's assignment. Ah. Oh. Uh, that's annoying yeah uh, question 3 which of the films was the first in the series to have a PG rating um the third one do you need a it's the third uh, one I, I know it's the yeah. third one do you need a title or are you happy with that nah I'm happy with generous that generous man uh, can you name for me Zizan question 3 any of the cast members um, who appeared in all 7 films uh yes Michael Winslow very good yeah uh, question 4 in Police Academy 4, Citizens on Patrol, the commandment comes up with the idea of recruiting civilian volunteers to work side by side with his officers in a program called COP. What does COP stand for? Is it Citizens on Patrol? Yep. <laughs> nice. Um, You're welcome. I know I had to come up with someone, some things which you can guess. Uh, right? Yeah, it might be the first time the answer has been in the question, but I like it. Um, question 4 for you Police Academy Mission to Moscow had a $10 million budget. To the nearest million, how much did it make at the box office? Like zero. It is zero. It made one hundred twenty-six thousand two hundred forty-seven dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and my last question for you: I think you can get five out of five. Yeah. Plus. Yeah. How many of the Police Academy films got a zero percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes? Ooh, I did see this. Um, I for it, five. It's definitely either three or four. Um. I'm going to say four. You're correct. Four. Oh, four marks. Uh, well, you've done very well as well. Let's see if you can get four out of five. Um, in which city were most of the first four Police Academy movies filmed? It's unnamed, right? No, but not, not, not where it's set. Where is it, where is it filmed? Oh, film. Oh, I don't know that then. Uh, I'm going to guess Philadelphia for some reason. Uh, Toronto. Oh, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, that's one of my best better ideas. I know, like, when I came out with questions, I was like, <laughs> I had to make it in a way that you could actually do well in this quiz. Yeah. But I well, I appreciate that. And that puts me ahead, um, maybe for the first time this year, actually. I'm not sure. Certainly for the first time I, in a very long time. It's been a while, Colin. It has. Really. It has. And next time, Zijan, um, I can't quite believe we've not done this before, but I've checked what? the spreadsheet. I don't think we have. Uh, we're going to quiz on Star Trek movies. Oh, there's quite a few of them as well. There are quite a few. Um, maybe even more than there were... Uh, Police Academy movies. What is our, yeah, um, what is our main all. topic for next time's vision? We are talking about remakes, which amazingly we haven't done before either. It's it's a it's a, an episode of stuff that everyone assumed we'd already done. Yes, and we will see you then. Bye.